Okay, it says we're live. I'm just going to wait a minute just to make sure. And uh, All right, well, it says we're live, so I'm just going to go ahead and say that uh, instead of a regular Bible study tonight, we're going to have Brother Usama, who's from Egypt. He's a scholar on Islam, and he's probably the finest scholar on Islam in the world today, and he is going to uh, give us a, uh, a completion of the talk that he started on Sunday. So come on up here, brother. Thank you. Get us going, and it's welcome to you. Thank you so all much. Right well, you made my head so big that I don't know how can I carry my head over my shoulder now. But thank you so much. Well, good evening. Uh, for those who are watching us online, we are glad that you are with us to continue our study. Islamophobia, fact or fiction? Uh, I made a mistake last uh, meeting Sunday. I cut a short 10 minutes. I did not know. And boy, oh boy, I needed this 10 minutes so badly so we can close the study. But we'll see what the Lord is going to do here tonight. And uh, Father God, we give thanks for your love, for your grace, for your mercy, for allow us to do one more uh, study as we uh, investigate the propaganda of the Muslims and the liberals of the West, that what we teach is Islamophobia. But what we teach is obviously the truth, as it is written in their books. We love you and praise you, Lord Jesus, and in the, the name of, above all name, your name, and by the power of your Holy Spirit, may you guide us today. Amen. 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 All right. We stopped at this slide, which we're going to play right now about what else care the Council on American Islamic Relations said about me concerning uh, being Islamophobic. Hmm. Nope. I don't want to skip this one. According. Well, somehow this slide doesn't want to play. But in simple words, they are copying me when I talked about what uh, about all this money uh, the Muslims collect in America, and we have a powerful uh, testimony from the Holy Land Foundation trial, uh, which they know for sure that the twelve point four million dollar has been sent from the uh, uh, the uh, jihadi AIP uh, to uh, Palestine to uh, support the jihadis there. Who are hoping to annihilate Israel from the face of the earth. Uh, believe it or not, uh, they got hanged up jury on 08, and that's where Care always say, well, were, it was a hung, it was a hang up. There's no, there's no guilt or not guilty. But the whole world does not know what happened the following year. In 09, they found it guilty, and they're serving roughly around the five guys, they're serving around, around 150, 160 years in prison for that crime. So they take the money from us in America. And they send it to this charity organization. And they will tell you that uh, this month we're going to take that. This is the money which Muslims collect also from the, uh, uh, what we call the um, uh, Muslim uh, dealing businesses in America with Sharia, Sharia finance, 2.5% money they collect. So they give this money to Sheikh Yusuf Qaradawi. A man could not come to America physically, uh, could not go to England, but he collect millions of dollars. And uh, they will tell you that money will be spending this month for uh, get rid of illiteracy. What does he mean by that? It's just a, it's just a word. You may think they're going to build a school. No, they get rid of some Christians, as we said on the slide. And also, they'll say we're going to get rid of AIDS. When that money is this month, we're going to send the uh, Middle East to uh, help with the get rid of AIDS. What do you mean by AIDS? See, Muslims are taught it's okay to lie. AIDS is Israel, the Jews. So if they send 600 rockets or 6,000 rockets on Israel, why not? It costs money, and that is what he meant by get rid of AIDS. It is lies to use the money they collect from us Americans in many shapes and forms to be used for the performance of jihad. 
as Allah stated in the Quran, obviously, that Muslims perform jihad with their lives and their money for the sake of Allah. You don't have money, you cannot perform jihad. Weapons cost money, bombs cost money, and they have to support the families of those who commit suicide. And let's move on to the next slide. According to the St. Cloud Times, in 2016, Dr. quote, called Islam a savage cult that teaches its followers to kill non-believers, end quote. Really? Did I say that? Of course I said that. But once again, I did not come up with a statement for itself and that's it, no. I was talking about what Muslims have already done. So I share a few cases by first quoting the words of Allah in the Quran, and then I give you the interpretation of the Quran by Muslim scholars, and then I give you uh, the saying of Muhammad, how Muhammad breaks Islam, and boy, boy, talking about killing non-believers, uh, we're talking about over 300 verses in the Quran. If we have time, we can spend a year to look at the verses of killing in the Quran. To be exact, 79 verses where Allah said, engage in war. 26 where Allah said, perform jihad. Uh, 20 some verses where Allah said, kill or killing. I mean, and besides the other verses, which Muslims say, what he meant by it, it is jihad or killing or so on and so on. So uh, in 2014, another quotation from me here, they said, in June 2014, Dak Dog said, quote, with the wisdom God gave me, I know how bad the disease of Islam is. I thought about this for a minute. I said, man, sound like arrogant, isn't it? <laughs> wisdom God gave me. Brother Charlie, I am so humble and I can tell you how humble I am. But then I said, wait a minute. First of all, I have never looked back to the video to see if I said that. I could not remember if I said or not. But most likely it is there. <laughs> Do you know that every wisdom comes from God? Because the, the, the wisdom of man is foolishness. But if you have wisdom, and if you think you have wisdom, if you know anything about the book of Proverbs, you will say the wisdom in the book of Proverbs come from God, not from Solomon, not from Azure. A great evidence that in the book of Proverbs, chapter 30, verse 2, Azure said what? I am more stupid than any man. So you are on your own, you're stupid. But if you have wisdom, and it's a true wisdom, most likely 100% coming from above. It's coming from God. So I hope and I pray that those who watch this video, and you, will, as you listen, you investigate what we teach here, and you see if this is right or not. Because the more you investigate it, the more you dig deep and you find it's true, the more wiser you become. And what's wrong for us to be wiser? To love our country, to love our children, even to love the Muslim people who are victims of Islam and they needed to be loved that they will have also eternal life. Do you know that Jesus died on the cross for Muhammad as much as he died on the cross for Paul and Peter and you and I? So we need the wisdom of God that we can teach this truth to even our Muslim friends. Citing educational textbooks with sections about Islam that he disagrees with, Dakdok said, quote, we need to move this trash out of our public school and replace it with Jesus's teaching. Muslims are trying to use it to brainwash your children. We're talking about another presentation we did in Bagley. Obviously, they're quoting me here from another place. You may think all this took place in Cleveland or in Minnesota. No, uh, in uh, Ohio. No, this was uh, Ohio and uh, Wisconsin and minnesota three separate meetings care lumps them together makes them look like i am sitting in one meeting and i'm doing all that no it was actually three days study where we talked about lies in the textbooks and we have done the first three lies in this meeting 
which is lies about Israel. So I'm hoping and praying as the Lord give us life. If I come back to Florida next time, I would love Brother Charlie if you bless me with another night or two where we can cover a little bit more of these lies. We cover three. We still have what uh, nine more to go. And if you attend my my entire lies as our 63 radio broadcast available on our website, if you go to the archive of lies in the textbooks. But in, in a setting of a church, I always try to shrink it to three nights of two hours each. So if you sit and you attend all these 15 lies, you know exactly that what I'm saying is true. They're brainwashing our children and our grandchildren in our public schools in America using our tax money. They're using our tax money and using our children to take over America. And it is trash. And it is sickness in, in the heart for somebody to believe. Some of these teachers, after they attend my seminars, they say, wow, Brother Usama, I taught this material and I never thought it to be like that. I, I did not look at it this way. I didn't understand why we're teaching it. Even in my heart, some of them said, I know it's not right, but... It's just a few pages here and there. But if you study all what the Muslim teach in our public schools, in our, in our, in our textbooks, you will end being anti-Israel, anti-Jesus, anti-Bible, anti-Christianity, and, and for Muslims, for sure. You leave our high schools. They used to say, Brother Charlie, you leave high school and you get to college and you become an atheist. Now you leave high school and you're a Muslim. Going to uh, our uh, colleges to become a deeper Muslim by marrying a Muslim man if you're a young lady or marrying a, a Muslim lady because you're already uh, there to be united with them. Very sad news. So we need to get rid of all this hogwash lies from our public schools textbooks and our colleges textbooks and teach our children some truths about Islam or Christianity. Now I want to share with you a video about the fruit of Islam. This is not something I made up, but it is fact. So watch this with me. Please keep in mind that the term Islamophobia is an oxymoron, since having a phobia means having an irrational fear. Fearing Islam, which wants 80% of humanity enslaved or exterminated, is totally rational, and hence cannot possibly be called a phobia. This video is not limited to any one religion, but the following is true. The shoe bomber was a Muslim. The Beltway snipers were Muslims. The Fort Hood shooter was a Muslim. The underwear bomber was a Muslim. The USS Cole bombers were Muslims. The Madrid train bombers were Muslims. The Bali nightclub bombers were Muslims. The London subway bombers were Muslims. The Moscow theater attackers were Muslims. The Boston Marathon bombers were Muslims. The Pan Am Flight number 93 bombers were Muslims. The Air France and Tebe hijackers were Muslims. The Iranian embassy takeover was by Muslims. The Beirut U.S. Embassy bombers were Muslims. The Libyan U.S. Embassy attack was by Muslims. The Buenos Aires suicide bombers were Muslims. The Israeli Olympic team attackers were Muslims. The Kenyan U.S. Embassy bombers were Muslims. The Saudi Kobar Towers bombers were Muslims. The Beirut Marine Barracks bombers were Muslims. The Beshin Russian school attackers were Muslims. The First World Trade Center bombers were Muslims. The Bombay Mumbai India attackers were Muslims. The Achille Loro cruise ship hijackers were Muslims. The Nairobi Kenya shopping mall killers were Muslims. The September 11, 2001 airline hijackers were Muslims. The Sydney Australia Lint Cafe kidnapper was a Muslim. The Peshawar Pakistani school children killers were Muslims. And the scripture said, from their fruit, you know them. This is the fruit of Islam. And believe me, if I have another hour, we got a video to tell you about what Muslims have done this year.
just this year. There were more attacks last Ramadan a few weeks ago than all the attacks which took place in any Ramadan previously. This is the reality that Islam is a savage cult. And you know the tree from the fruit. You will never get banana out of orange tree or, uh, or cucumber out of uh, some other. You, you, what you plant is what you get. The tree brings the fruit of the tree. This is the fruits of Islam. Let's move on to the conflict of Islam. The conflict of Islam. Think of it. Hindus living with Jews, no problem. Baha'is living with Jews, no problem. Jews living with atheists, no problem. Sikhs living with Hindus, no problem. Hindus living with Baha'is, no problem. Christians living with Jews, no problem. Jews living with Buddhists, no problem. Shintos living with atheists, no problem. Buddhists living with Sikhs, no problem. Baha'is living with Christians, no problem. Buddhists living with Shintos, no problem. Buddhists living with Hindus, no problem. Hindus living with Christians, only a rare problem. Atheists living with Buddhists, no problem. Confusions living with Hindus, no problem. Atheists living with Confusions, no problem. Muslims living with Jews, problem. Muslims living with Sikhs, problem. Muslims living with Hindus, problem. Muslims living with Baha'is, problem. Muslims living with Shintos, problem. Muslims living with Buddhists, problem. Muslims living with Christians, problem. Muslims living with Muslims, very big problem. I mean, someone ask, why in the world, the whole world can live in peace with one another when you put Muslim with any group, if any believes other, any cult, any religion, any ideology, there's a problem. And why we have even bigger problem when Muslims live with Muslims? But Muslims in America are very smart. And so is the liberals in America, which they will tell you, ISIS are not Muslims. Why ISIS are not Muslims? Because ISIS killed more Muslims than Christians and Yazidis and, uh, and other groups in Iraq and Syria. Wait a minute. First of all, that's a lie. The number of Christians killed by ISIS is in the thousands, 450,000 or more. The number of Muslims killed by ISIS is in the hundreds. But they try to twist it and make you believe that they kill Muslims and they kill Christians. They kill more Muslims than they kill Christians. That's a lie. There are more Yazidis killed than Muslims by ISIS. But if ISIS kill other Muslims, that is automatically means they're not Muslims. Because if they're Muslims, they will not kill their own. No, my friends. ISIS are true Muslim believers. And they are crossing every T and dotting every I in practicing Islam. And when they're killing Muslims, they're not actually killing Muslims. They're killing what we call hypocrites. Who are the hypocrites? The best answer to know that is to go to Quran chapter 3 and verse 167. For Allah knows better than you and I about who are the hypocrites. Listen to the words of Allah in the Quran. And that he might know the hypocrites. And it was said to them, come engage in war for the sake of Allah or contribute. They said, if we knew how to engage in war, we would have followed you. They are closer on that day to infidelity than to faith. They say with their mouths what is not in their hearts. And Allah knows best what they hide. Allah knows a hypocrite by two simple uh, 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 exams or two simple tests. Number one, ask them to perform jihad for the sake of Allah. Ask them to go out and kill Christians and Jews and everybody else who does not submit Islam. Or ask them to contribute. As we said earlier, 
money is needed to perform jihad you don't have money you cannot buy a bomb you cannot buy a rocket and how are you gonna kill a jew without a rocket how are you gonna kill burn a church without a bomb or some people who are voluntarily maybe suicide bombers or you have to take care of their families after they die if the muslims say i'm not interested to perform jihad for the sake of allah i'm not interested to kill or if the Muslims say, I'm not interested to support your mission by giving you money to kill infidels, that Muslim is no longer a Muslim. He belongs to the category of hypocrites. But wait a minute, Brother Summer. The verse did not say that you, you, these hypocrites that you kill. Oh, no, no, listen carefully. He said here, they are closer on that day to infidelities and to faith. They are infidel more than a believer. But still the verse did not say to kill them. Well, we got another verse for you. That's Quran chapter 9 and verse 73. O you prophet, perform jihad against the infidels and the hypocrites, and be harsh with them, and their abode will be hell, and evil is the destination. ISIS understand the Quran much better than many of our ministers in America, liberals, who have never read the Quran. Those are the ones who defend Islam by telling us that ISIS are not Muslims. I'm sorry. These ministers need to read the Quran to be educated. ISIS can educate them much better than I can even myself teach them. So if you see the word of Allah in Quran chapter 9 verse 73, Allah is very clear. You are, as a Muslim believer, are called by Allah, as Muhammad is called by Allah, to perform jihad against the infidels, Jews and Christians, all non-Muslims, and the hypocrites. To be harsh with them. Not only you're going to kill them on, on this world as ISIS did, but Allah will send them to eternity in hell. Who? The, the Jews and Christians and the hypocrite Muslims. So don't tell me because ISIS killed few Muslims, even if ISIS killed hundreds of thousands of Muslims, have they lived the Muslim life by performing jihad for the sake of Allah or by giving money towards those who are willing to kill, they will not be dead, but they will be alive today. Right, we're going to move on with our study about the mood of Islam. It's very important and it's very fact. So here we go. So this led to, they're not happy in Gaza. They're not happy in Egypt. They're not happy in Libya. They're not happy in Iran. They're not happy in Iraq. They're not happy in Yemen. They're not happy in Pakistan. They're not happy in Syria. They're not happy in Lebanon. They're not happy in Nigeria. They're not happy in Kenya. They're not happy in Sudan. They're not happy in Morocco, and they're not happy in Afghanistan. So, where are they happy? They're happy in Australia. They're happy in Belgium. They're happy in France. They're happy in Holland. They're happy in Italy. They're happy in Germany. They're happy in Spain. They're happy in Sweden. They're happy in Denmark. They're happy in the USA and Canada. They're happy in Norway and India. They're very happy in England loads of welfare benefits. They're happy in almost every country that is not Islamic. And who do they blame? Not Islam, not their leadership, not themselves. They blame the countries they are happy in, and they want to change the countries they're happy in to be like the countries they came from where they were unhappy. This is the mode of Muslims. I know this for a fact. If you go to Egypt and you stand up in front of the embassy, the American uh, embassy in Cairo, you see all the Muslims hating the day they were born in Egypt. They cannot wait for God to burn the country of Egypt because they're going to America. And if they go inside the embassy and they got the visa, they'll be very happy. If they don't get the visa, they curse the American by Allah's curses, which every curse is written in their own books.
But if they come to America, what the Muslims of Egypt would like to do in America? They would like to change America to be exactly like Egypt, where they were not happy to start from. This is the problem, not about the Muslim of Egypt, but the Muslim of planet Earth. This is 100% fact. Let's move on to the terror of Islam. Once again, the terror of Islam. That's real. Islamic Jihad, an Islamic terror organization. ISIS, an Islamic terror organization. Al-Qaeda, an Islamic terror organization. Taliban, an Islamic terror organization. Boko Haram, an Islamic terror organization. Al-Nusra, an Islamic terror organization. Abu Sayyaf, an Islamic terror organization. Al-Badr, an Islamic terror organization. Muslim Brotherhood, an Islamic terror organization. Lashkar e Taiba, an Islamic terror organization. Ansaru, an Islamic terror organization. Jamaa Islamiyah, an Islamic terror organization. Abdullah Azam Brigades, an Islamic terror organization. Al Shabaab Somalia, an Islamic terror organization. And this is just scratching the surface on Islamic terrorism. There are more, lots more. Thank you from author IQ Al Rasuli. These are the large or the majority uh, with large number of followers, terror organization. Because believe it or not, like we have Catholic and Baptist and Presbyterian or uh, you know, big churches, there are plenty of small churches like this one. We don't have 50 like us here in Florida, but that one. So, and if you count the number of Muslim believers who are terrorists in the small groups, they will go in the hundreds of thousands. I love the numbers given by the liberals. It used to say 20% of the Muslims are radicals. 20%. Wait a minute. If I go to Saudi Arabia, that country have 100% Muslim believers. Right? But that, that's okay. 20%. Well, if I go to Pakistan, if I go to Indonesia, it is in the 90%. What? That's okay. 20%. Don't argue with them because you're wasting your time. 20%. As if 20% is a small number. 20% of 1.7 billion that's 340 million Muslim believers. Let's, let's be real ridiculous. We'll go for 10%. That's 170 million. Let's be real, real ridiculous. Just 1%. Like if you're drunk or under the influence of drugs, you have no idea what to say. Only 1% of the Muslim in the world today are those terrorists. 1% of 1.7 billion is 17 million. There is not army in planet Earth, not America. Not America and all our allies. There is no army in planet Earth have the power or the strength to hunt 17 million Muslim terrorists and kill them without killing those who are around them. And if we got the power and the wisdom to do that, guess what? The family of the 17 million, which are in the 100 plus million, will be in mad, will be mad and angry, and they will talk, love, to, they love to practice Islam, Sharia, retaliate. And believe it or not, will be in a bigger problem. I'd rather to leave the terrorists alive than to kill them and face the reality of the larger scale, the larger weapon, uh, weapon uh, powerful people who would like to fight us after that. It's a problem. That's why, I, that's why I said a good 18 years ago, we're not in war with Osama bin Laden. We're in war with Islam. And they mocked me for saying that. Who care and others? 
And, and if you don't know it, it's a spiritual warfare. You will keep dreaming about ending the Muslims. The Muslims will never end. The Muslims will take over the world. The Muslims will take over America. Just last week, I watched that video in Canada. And the Muslim believers, they have this uh, uh, Al-Quds Day, Al Day, the Jerusalem Day. And they are telling the people of Canada, we're going to take over the world. We're going to take over Canada. And the TV reporter was upset. He said, how are you going to do that? He said, once again, what? We make lots of babies and you don't. American people are so wise and so smart to know how to kill babies, even up to nine months. But Muslims know how to make babies. And if you have some logic and common sense, you don't have to have a high school diploma, just logic. They're making lots of babies. We don't make enough babies and we're killing our babies. Sooner or later, they will have the upper hand. Sooner or later, they will be the terrorists who will terrorize not just America, but the world. And they will control the entire earth. Excuses, excuses given by the Muslims for violence. Uh, under this title, they said, Reasons given to explain Muslim violence, self-radicalized. Who puts these two words self-radicalized in that study? It's the liberals. Here's political correctness. We don't want to offend the Muslims who have not killed us yet. We got enough mad ones. So let's stick with what? So self-radicalized. These people made themselves radicals. No, no Muslim ever made himself radical. There's some outside sources made them radicals. And even when our FBI investigates these cases and they go deep in it, they will come to a point and say, we'll stop here and close the study. Why? Because we don't want to offend the Muslims. So as they will tell you, these two young men who did the bombing in Mar the Marathon bombing in, um, in Boston, uh, they said the younger brother influenced the, oh, sorry, the oldest brother influenced the youngest brother. Why? Because he's dead. How do you know maybe the youngest is the one who influenced the oldest? But then they think a little bit, well, they were both listening to a, 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 a radical imam from Australia by the, by the name, uh, I can't remember his name, uh, John Rahwani, whatever his name was. And then I said, okay, and what this imam was teaching? And they stopped there. I went online and downloaded some of his videos. And boy, oh boy, that imam from Australia who influenced these two brothers was actually doing nothing but quoting the Quran, the words of Allah, and the saying of Muhammad in the Hadith. He was doing exactly what every Muslim believer ought to do, or teach, or believe, or practice. But they will not go to that point. Why? Because then they're not going to be politically correct. So it is just self-radicalized people who have nothing to do with Islam. The first reason is this. One, these people are uneducated. Really? I know the problem we have with terrorization or terrorism have something to do with, with education, but not the education of the Muslims, it's education of the people of the West. We are ignorant. We are not smart, or we can say we are stupid. We do not know what Muslims believe. Because if you think about the last attack we have in Sri Lanka, all these people who did this attack in Sri Lanka were all educated, and majority of them have master's degree and even higher degrees in their colleges there. Very educated. Think about Osama bin Laden. Is Osama bin Laden an educated man or a foolish man? He's actually an engineer. Think about Ayman al-Zawahiri, the one who took his place. He's actually a professor from Oslo University in Egypt. Think about all these people who are doing this jihad for Allah. A pilot, a doctor, an engineer. 
a teacher how in the world you can fly 747 and you be you call yourself uneducated how many of us know how to fly an airplane second reason two these people are poor once again sri lanka the last big attack all of them come from rich families bin laden we freezed three i'm sorry 30 million dollar of his money in america alone I don't think when you have $30 million in one country that make you poor. Muhammad Atta, the, the, uh, the, one of the top hijackers who, who grew up here in Sarasota County, learned how to fly an airplane in Venice Airport. They found $20,000 cash in the trunk of his car. These people are not poor. It's not like they're financially broken. That's why they decided to go ahead and commit suicide and kill themselves for the sake of Allah. They're very educated and very rich. And think about it, how many people group in the world today who do not know how to read and write, who do not have any money, who just happen to be Buddhists or Christians or Jews or atheists or agnostics, and none of them does these terrorist attacks. If it's about education or about a lack of education or lack of money, we should have many terrorists from all the poor people and all the uneducated people know. Have nothing to do with that, but it has something to do with Islam, as I'm going to share with you in a minute. Here is the third reason why these people are radicals. Three, these people are mentally ill. Wow, it's working. Do you know that in America we have our own lawyers who are defending the Muslim jihadi using that technique, using our tax money first to use that technique to set these people free from being. Uh, 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 found criminals for what they have done. They will tell you he he is crazy. She is crazy. She they, they don't have to understand what they're doing. They're doing without thinking. They're and and they give you all the reasons why. Because his father used to beat his mother when he was young. He saw it many times, and and they give you all the history of the family to prove the case that. They are mentally not completely there because of the circumstance of their childhood or whatever they're going through. No, that's not true at all. Unless you can tell me and you prove it to me that Muhammad was mentally ill. And early Muslim believers were mentally ill. And the Muslims who did their terrorist attack from the days of Muhammad until today, the 1400 years past history, all of them were mentally ill. If that is the case, we have to believe that Allah himself is also mentally ill because Allah is the source of the terrorization and terrorism we see around the world. Let's go to the fourth and last reason, and it is... Four, these people misunderstand and distort Islam. How in the world that all the Muslim people and myself can misunderstand over 300 verses in the Quran where Allah clearly teaches Muslims to be savage? But in the same time, I could not find one intelligent Muslim, imam or a scholar, who can twist any verse in the Quran and, 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 and misunderstood any of the verses of the Quran to make it teach love and peace. Can you imagine? I'm going to quote you one verse after verse, one verse after another verse. I mean, for, for a good couple hours. And all of them, by reading them, we misunderstanding them. But Muslims cannot misunderstand one verse to make the Quran teach love and peace. The missing of love and peace all over the Quran is a great evidence that it's a savage book. The simple reading to all the verses of the Quran, how Muhammad understood these verses and how Muhammad practiced these verses in the history of the writing history of Muhammad written by his own beloved scholars like Ibn Hisham and others. And, and then all the Muslim people in the last 1400 years practicing the same thing. All of them got it drunk. But the Muslim of America 
understood that they really misunderstood these verses and takes them out of context. And it's, if you ask, who are the Muslims in America who are defending uh, uh, Islam uh, and tell us that these people misunderstood the Quran, you find them to be like care. The Council on America-Islamic Relations. These are the same ones who are telling you, as we do in the studies, that I know Islamophobic. But care is a Muslim brotherhood. Care is a jihadi. Why can't we find some other Muslim people who do not belong to any jihadi organization who will tell us that this is not Islam? Only the Muslim brotherhood, only the jihadi in America are trying to convince the Americans that that's not Islam. By wearing suits and ties and speaking in liberal churches and on front of our mega cameras, Fox News and CNN and CBS and other fake news channels. My friends, any person with common sense who will read the following verses as I'm, as I'm about sharing with you, he or she will find without second thought that terrorization of Islam comes directly from the words of Allah in the Quran and Muhammad teaching in the Hadith. For example, in Quran 3, 151, we read, we will cast terror into the hearts of those who became infidels because they partner other gods with Allah, which he did not send down with any sultan. And their abode is the fire, and evil is the place of the unjust. And who is we here? That's Allah Almighty. Allah is a terrorist. How? He cast terror into the heart of the infidels. Which infidels? The Jews and the Christians. Here to be specifically in that verse, he's talking about the Christians. Why? Because Christians partner Jesus Christ with God and they partner the Holy Spirit with God, which is the worst sin a man or a woman can ever commit. It is the sin of shirk. To have partner with Allah, it is unforgiving sin. So Allah is telling us he is the one who's terrorizing the, the Christians, obviously the Jews and other verses, and he is the one who's telling us that he will put all the Christians into, into the lake of fire where they will spend eternity in hell. So I know for sure now the source of the tyranny which we live in the world today, it is Allah himself. Let's go to Quran chapter 8 and verse 12. Listen to the words of Allah. When your Lord revealed to the angels, I am with you. So make firm those who believe. I will cast a terror into the hearts of those who became infidels. So strike above their necks and strike off every finger from them. Here's a union work between Allah, his angels, and Muslim believers. Notice I did not say Muslim radicals or Muslim extremists. Allah calls them believers. Muhammad calls them believers. They call themselves believers. It's time for the Americans to stop using the word radicals or extremists. If you're going to talk about jihadi, you call them Muslim believers. If you don't have the guts to talk about it and you're a coward, don't mention them at all and just keep your head in the sand. Allah is telling us that he is telling the angels to do what? To strengthen, to affirm who? The Muslim believers. Allah have a job. What Allah will do? He will cast terror into their hearts. And what the good Muslim believers will do? They will strike above their necks and strike every finger from them. The word finger here in English, I know we mean, we mean by these uh, eight fingers and two some. No, in the Arabic language, it's all the atraf. They mean ten in your hands and ten in your legs. They cut the toes and the fingers, the ten edges of our bodies. Plus the head we cut off, that means every infidel will be cut to 22 pieces. 
10 toes, 10 fingers, a head, and a body. And that's exactly what Muslims have been doing in the Muslim world. And that's how Muslims practice their Islam. Believe it or not, that is how they killed Jamal in uh, the embassy in um, Turkey, I believe. In Turkey, that's where they killed the, the journalist. The Saudi embassy in Turkey, that's what. So, and, and the Americans, wow, how dare, I mean, this is unbelievable. They use a knife made out of bones to cut that guy hand and fingers and cut it off. In, he's a, the, the embassy Turkey, the Saudi embassy in Turkey. But this, wait a minute, that's what Allah said to do. Read Quran chapter 5 verse 33. That's exactly, cut hand and legs from opposite side. And that's exactly what they did to him. Why? Because he was waging war against Allah and Islam. Quran chapter 5 verse 33 is a clear evidence of that. So that is Islam. But what do we learn from that verse? That Muslims are loving, peaceful people. No, you cannot misunderstand this verse, even if you try. Try to misunderstand that verse. We know from that verse that Allah is a terrorist. His angels strengthen the Muslim believers, and they behead and cut the fingers and the toes of infidels. Welcome to the reality of Islam. How about Quran chapter 8, verse 60? And prepare for them whatever power you can, and of the tying of horses. Strike terror into the enemy of Allah and your enemy and others. Without them, you do not know them. Allah knows them. And what you spend from anything for the sake of Allah, it will be repaid to you, and you will not be dealt with unjustly. Prepare what? Every weapon they can, every power they can. In Muhammad days, it used to be camel, horses, spears, arrows, and swords, whatever they got there. Now, all the new technology which we give to them. I love it how we in America, some of us are happy that we are given Saudi uh, 110 billion worth of weapons. And some say, well, we are helping Saudi to go in war with Yemen. No, I'm not worried about the Yemenis. The Saudi can kill them without any of this weapon. But what I'm worried about is that weapon in the near future to be used against us, the Americans, when Saudi is done with us. See, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And me and my brother against my cousin, and me and my cousin against our enemy. That's how Saudi is taking America's friends. They need our weapon. And when they get all the weapons they need, they can use against us, against everybody else. It doesn't matter to them. But the, the fact is this. Allah in that verse is giving a direct command. When he says strike terror, that's a sharia. That's Islamic law. Every command in the Quran is sharia. Strike terror against who? The enemy of Allah. Okay. And your enemy. Well, if Allah is strong and Allah is mighty, why can't he strike his own terror against his enemy? Why Allah need people to help him to fight the enemy? But that's okay. And then your enemy. Okay, I can understand Muslim kills their own enemies or strike terror against their enemy. And then he said, and other without them, you do not know them. Can you imagine Islam teach for Muslim believers to terrorize people they do not even know? A good excuse about September 11. These are not Muslims. And 19 hijackers. Why? Because they terrorize people they do not know in these buildings. Oh yeah? Do you really have to know them to kill them to terrorize them? Tyranny comes directly from the word of Allah in the Quran. And then Allah talking about spending here. Whatever you spend, aha, uh -huh, that is jihad of money. That is, if you don't want to go and fight, support somebody else to fight. And in that case, you will receive reward like those who are willing to go and fight themselves. How about Quran chapter 59 verse 13? By the way, Quran chapter 59 verse 2 is another verse where we learn that Muslims are terrorists. 
But here is the final verse I share with you, 59.13. You are a greater terror in their chest than Allah. This is because they are people who do not understand. And believe it or not, if I am here in a big meeting today and we have some video cameras rolling from some liberal station, they always do the same thing. I've seen this so many times all over this country because I will quote the verse like that and I say, every Muslim believer ought to be a terrorist. If you want to believe the word of Allah, you want to practice Allah. Allah here is teaching us every Muslim believer must be a terrorist. And not just a terrorist, he must be even greater than Allah for being a greater terrorist. I mean, how can you understand that verse about that way? And then the following morning, I opened the newspaper. Anti-Muslim speakers, Yusama Dakdok, claimed every Muslim is a terrorist. And people in America, who, who, how many people show up in my meeting? 400, 500, maybe 1,000, okay? And how many people live in the city? 40,000, 50,000. All of them will read the newspapers. Oh, boy, thank you, God. I didn't go to hear that idiot. Every Muslim is a terrorist? Yes, indeed. Every Muslim ought to be a terrorist. If you want to obey the word of Allah, you must be a terrorist. If you are not a terrorist, you're not a Muslim. If you don't like to be a terrorist, then it's time for you to leave Islam. But don't tell me you're going to reform Islam by ignoring the commands of Allah in the Quran. Muslims are terrorist. Says who? Says Allah. Where? Quran chapter 59, verse 13. Not you, Samad Dakdok. Let get the record right here. Uh, 551. That's a good verse. I love this verse because that is the reality of all the Muslims who live among us here in America. Allah said, O you who have believed, do not take the Jews and the Christians as friends. They are friends to one another. And whoever among you takes them as friends, so surely he is of them. Surely Allah does not guide the unjust people. A few years ago, I was in Orlando, Florida. And a bunch of my friends there who are Arab and Middle East, and, and they say, Yusama, there is Chrislam um, uh, meetings in our city here. Six weeks. The church gave the Muslims six Sundays in a row. Can you imagine that? So one and a half months, there were no church service, but they have Muslims teaching about Islam. And I said, man, there's no church in America ever, ever give me two Sundays in, in a row. They give me one, wait another year, give me another one. Maybe, maybe in the evening, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, give me three days in a row. But six Sundays? I mean, you close the church service, no Bible, no Jesus, no the Lord's Supper, no worship, just Muslims? Yeah. They said, today is the last day. Would you like to come? I said, sure. Hey, there must be great uh, Muslim scars. I want to know what's going on. Six weeks. So I go there, and the man, Imam, was talking about, like, uh, in the conclusion of his study, you know. As we have seen all over these five weeks ago, uh, that Christians and Jews and Muslims are three branches out of Abrahamic tree. And, and there are three branches that are like, they're like brothers, they're, they're like friends. I say, he said, Muslims and Christians must be like like friends, and he's talking about friends, friends, and I was like, what in the world he's getting into? Of course, I didn't hear the last few weeks, I have no idea, but that's his conclusion. And in, in front of me, it was a church like this one here, chairs, and in front of me is an empty chair, and next to the empty chairs, there's a lady sitting there, and on the chairs, there was an, a, a book of the Quran. So I said to her, would you mind if I look at this Quran? She said, oh, no, 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 go in the back. They have a whole table. They're filled with the Quran. They're giving them away. You can take as many as you want, five, ten copies. I said, no, no, I don't need the Quran. I just want to look at a verse in that Quran. I'll just look at it and I'll put it back. She said, okay. 
So I grabbed the Quran from her hand and I went to 551. And Allah said, do not take the Jews and Christian for friends. Who? Muslim belief. Do not take the Jews and Christian for friends. End of story. So I said, even in their own translation, they're giving to these idiots. It's the same message. So I gave the Quran to the lady. I said, ma'am, would you mind read that verse? She looked at me. I said, I said, 51, 551. So she looked at it and she read it and she looked behind and she said, you are the most hateful person I have ever met in my life. Brother Charlie, I don't know if that woman have any thing between her ears. It seemed to me it's ears and empty box. Instead of she stand up and she say, excuse me, Mr. Imam, why do you lie to us? For six weeks, you're lying to us about being nice and loving and peaceful. Here's your Quran you gave to me, sir. It is your translation, sir. And it says, don't take the Jews and Christians for friends. No. She's sick. She said to me that I am the most hateful person she have ever met yes indeed they have eyes and they can't see they have ears and they cannot hear they have mind and they can't understand they are stupid useful idiots that's what they are so that's the story about that verse listen to what muhammad said about the peaceful relationship with the jews and christians do not initiate the salam to the jews and christians and if you meet any of them in a road force them to its narrowest alley this is a direct command if muhammad said do not you know what does it you know what does that mean it means don't period end of story you don't initiate peace to any jew to any christian for as a matter of fact if you keep going with muhammad saying muhammad's teaching he made the promise to the people of saudi the muslims that there will not be a jew or a christian in saudi arabia and they did and then he made another another promise like a, a prophecy for the future he told them the day of judgment will not come until the muslims will kill the muslims will kill the last jew that even the rock and the trees will cry out oh muslim faithful there is a jew hiding behind me come and behead him the hatred of the jews and the christians start in quran chapter one and ended with the last statements muhammad was giving to his followers before he gave up his spirit that they must kill the last jew and you tell me the problem in these people who are self-radicalized they made they left the house or they left the bed on the wrong side in the morning and somehow they forgot to drink their cup of coffee and they decided to become terrorists or they are maybe fed with the word of Allah and the command of Muhammad in the Hadith. How about 865? O oh, you prophet, provoke the believers to engage in war. If there will be 20 patient ones of you, they will have victory over 200. Notice here, it is believers. And they are provoked by their prophet, Muhammad, the terrorist. And they will continue to engage in war. And they will have great victory as Allah promised them throughout the Quran. Let's move on. Quran chapter 5, 72. To emphasize about who are the infidels. Infidels indeed are those who said, Surely Allah is the Christ, son of Mary. That is every Jew. That is every Christian. Infidels who do not submit Islam. Now Christians... That verse fits in perfectly. Why? Because Christians it just happen to believe that Jesus, son of Virgin Mary, is God. The hatred towards the Jews and the Christians all over Islam. 
When you get to understand infidels, yes, Jews are infidels because they don't believe in Muhammad. Yes, Christian infidels because they choose to believe or they really believe that Jesus Christ, Son of Virgin Mary, is God. How about the following verse, which also fits the Christians, 573. Infidels indeed are those who said, surely Allah is the third of three. Everyone who believes in Trinity, and by the way, Muhammad does not have a clue what Trinity we Christians believe in. Because he taught the Muslim in the Quran that the Trinity is God the Father, God the Mother, and God the Son. No, no Christian ever believed in Virgin Mary to be part of the Trinity. But if you believe in, according to Muslim scars invitation, they will tell you, uh, Ibn Kasir or Al-Tabri or Qutubi, they tell you, Christians who believe in the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, they know Trinity better than Allah, than Muhammad. But that's okay. If you believe in Trinity as a Christian, you are an infidel. If you refuse to accept Muhammad as a prophet, as a Jew, you are an infidel. I move on with you to talk a little bit about jihad. In uh, as as I hope I'm going to get to this in depth in the next time I will come here, when, if we cover a little bit more of the lies in our textbooks, they are teaching our children in our public schools that jihad is internal struggle. It is, uh, it is what Muslims live all their life to do, to fight evil, to do what is good. Uh, and and if, if you are a student in America and you want to perform jihad, it's very easy. Study hard so you can get good grades, A's, maybe a few B's. And mama is performing jihad at home every day in her life because she work hard, clean the house, clean the clothes, fix hot meals, and keep the house from even anything harmful. Okay. And dad is performing jihad too by working so hard, providing money for mom to take care of all the house needs. Wow. And then the textbooks also said, sometime jihad is war, physical war. And that is only offensive, sorry, defensive war. That if somebody come and attack the Muslims, they have to protect the family. They have to protect their country. They have to protect the community. That is the only time what Allah in the Quran allowed jihad. Really? What about what Allah said about jihad? I love how Muslims are making jihad a beautiful thing in America. But is that how Allah described jihad? Is that how Muhammad described jihad? Is that how Muhammad practiced jihad? Is that how Muslims practiced jihad the last 1400 years? Or we have a different story. In the book of the last of the traveler, 09.0, 09.0, we read that about jihad. Jihad means to war against non-Muslims and is etymologically derived from the word mujahada, signifying warfare to establish the religion. The scholarly basis for jihad prior to scholarly consensus is such Quranic verses as... Before we get to the verses of jihad in the Quran, what did the text, what is this Sharia book, Ahmed and Salik, or Reliance of the Traveler said? He said it is warfare to establish the religion. That is what jihad is all about. That's how Muhammad understood jihad. That's how Muslims in the last 1400 years practiced jihad. It's a warfare to establish Islam. Hmm. Let's look at some of these verses like Quran 2, 2.16. War is decreed to you, and it is hated by you. And perhaps you may hate something, and it is good for you. And perhaps you love something, and it is evil for you. And Allah knows, and you do not know. Now you have to understand the reliance of the traveler, that Ahmed al-Salik book, which we which talk about Sharia, is approved by the Azhar University. Every Muslim imam 
who is living in the borders of the United States of America are very familiar with, and they have studied it, and they have passed the test, so they know exactly what jihad is. But if you meet with any of these Muslim imams, they will tell you jihad is to uh, fight the devil or the evil sauce in your heart or your mind, whatever. Why is he quote that verse? Does he misunderstand that verse? Did he put it by mistake? Or that is exactly what jihad is all about. Exactly. It is to engage in war. And Allah and Muhammad understood very well that in the early days of Islam, it was so hateful for early Muslims to perform jihad, to engage in war. Why? Because they were not killing some other people. They were killing their own tribes, their own family. Something the Arab never did in the past. Arab tribe fight with other tribe, but now with the new reality of Islam, if your own father or your mother, if your own cousin, your, your own children do not submit to Islam, you go and fight them and you kill them. Perhaps you may hate to kill your own tribes, your own family, but that is the best for, thing for you to do. And Allah knows and you do not. Perhaps you love to, to, to keep them alive, but that is the most evil you can ever do. Quran 9, 14. Engage in war with them. Allah will torment them by your hands and put them to shame and give you victory over them and heal the chest of a believing people. Engage in war with them. And it is the word them again and the word them the third time and them the first. Who are them? That's all non-Muslims. Jews, Christian, polytheists, uh, agnostic, anybody in the world who will not submit to Islam. Let's move on to 9-5. This is as I have shared with you, with you before in the past, I believe I quote that verse many times. I love it to have it in every one of my presentation because that is the verse of the sword. That is the most powerful verse which Allah used in the Quran to abrogate, to cancel, to erase, to delete 124 soft early Mecca and even early Medini verses. So if you ever talk to a Muslim, and he or she quotes you a verse from the Quran, and the verse sounds something nice, you know, whatever it is. There's no loving verse, to be honest with you. I know for sure. There's no peaceful verse. There's no verse in the Quran loves the Jews or loves the Christians or even love one another. It does not exist in the Quran, okay? So if they quote you any verse and it sound does not have blood in it, okay? All what you have to do is this very simple. You look at them in the eyes and smile and say, wow, what a wonderful verse. But that verse has been abrogated by Quran chapter 9, verse 5, the verse of the sword. Trust me, you cannot go wrong. Because you can go to any of these verses which Muslims love to quote in America, and you read the interpretation of Muslim scholars, and that's exactly what be, will be written. This verse is abrogated. And it was abrogated by the verse of the sword, that is chapter 9, Surah Al-Tawbah, the repentance, and verse 5. 9, 5. Give us three simple choices. Number one, Muslims kill the infidels, the polytheists, the Jews, the Christians, anyone who will not submit to Islam. Number two, they take their wives and their children as concubines and slaves. Number three, they just have to convert to Islam and establish the religion and pray five times a day and give the legal alms. So why Allah put that verse in the Quran? Why Muslims must engage in war with the people? 
it is very simple to establish the religion of Islam. So the reliance of the traveler, that book was not written by some radicals. It was not approved by the Azhar University by mistake. No, 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 no. It is actually perfectly fit with the teachings of Allah in the Quran and the commands of Muhammad so, in the, the hadith. So when the forbidden months are past, so kill the polytheists wherever you find them and take them as captives and besiege them and lay wait for them with every kind of ambush. So if they repent and perform the prayer and give the legal alms, so leave their way free. Surely Allah is forgiving merciful. A simple reading to such words will bring a Muslim to the reality that he or she must be terrorist. He or she must live that savage cult of Islam by killing, taking uh, the women and children for as captives or force people to convert to Islam. Very important, a few points I'd like to show you about these uh, verses of the Quran and how Muslims always defend the Quran through these steps. So, a popular question is why Islam calls for death of Islamic critics and apostates, insist that their info is false, and quote the verse to you, your religion, and to me, my religion. What's going on here? It doesn't matter what verse you're going to quote from the Quran, they have the answer ready. They know how they shut you down and stop you from even having any. Uh, 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 decent conversation. You got this verse wrong. This is not what Allah said in the Quran. For Allah said to you, your religion, and to me, my religion. By the way, that's Quran chapter 109 and verse 5 or 6. Huh. I got it wrong. And Allah, okay, let's go to that verse. As I told you earlier, you go to that verse in the Quran and read Muslim scholars' interpretation. Guess what they're going to tell you? This verse has been abrogated and abrogated by 9-5. So that's the end of it. But if you do not know and uh, you, you continue to argue with them, they give you reason number two. Here you go. To answer Islam spreads with the sword, say that is a big lie spread by the Jews and Hindus and that the Quran clearly says there is no compulsion in religion. So if you quote any of the verses which I shared with you tonight, the answer is these verses are not true. These are lies spread by the Jews and the Hindus. Why did they choose Hindus, not Christians? Because these are advice given to the Muslims who live in America. If you are in India where there's a bunch of Hindus, there, they will tell you these lies spread by the Jews and the Christians. If you are in a land where there are more Jews, it is spread by the Hindus and the Christians. They just know how to choose your uh, people, target group, and you know how to defend it. But then they quote another verse in the Quran. That's Quran chapter 2 and verse 256. To no compulsion in religion. Go to that verse in the Quran and read the interpretation of Muslim scholars. They will tell you that that verse has been abrogated by 9-5. And they even write you there because Muhammad compelled the Jews and the Christians of Saudi Arabia and did not ex to become Muslims and did not accept from them anything but Islam. What more clear than that? Ibn Qasir got it wrong, Al-Tabri got it wrong, uh, and uh, al got it wrong, and Al-Qurtubi got it wrong. They all got it wrong, but the Muslims of America got it right. Well, let's move on to the next reason or the next excuse for response Muslims prepared to use to shut down people like myself. If someone quotes violent verses from the Quran, accuse him of quoting verses in bits and pieces and cherry picking. You cannot do that to the Quran. You can, as a matter of fact, 
another liberal church, and the and the preacher there, he was having doctrine degree and have so many degrees. He stood up in the church. And, My name so and so. I'm doctor uh, so and so. Have this degree and degree. And I understand where where you coming from because I asked question. Same thing was quoting some violent verses. And he said, and we we can do the same thing in the Bible. We can we we literally can pick up any verse in the Bible out of context and it makes the Bible teaches the opposite of what the Bible said. You cannot do that. I said, no, you can't do that in the Bible either. The problem in the Quran is every verse is written for itself. If I tell you the Quran chapter 5 verse 51 said, do not take the Jews and Christians for friends. And you think that there is connection between Quran 550 and 551 or 552, you're wrong. That verse by itself. The Bible is not verse by itself. It recommends by itself, but the Bible is connected together, not only in the chapter we're reading, but in the book or in the letter, not only in the book, but in the entire New Testament. Not only in the entire New Testament, you have to, the entire Bible, all the New Testament. You cannot understand so many things in the Bible without having complete knowledge from Genesis to Revelation. Very fact. But in the Quran, you don't need to know the verse previous or the verse, the verse come after, because the command come by itself. Read Quran 550, read Quran 551, and read Quran 5.52. Read the first 50 verse and the following 80 verse. Guess what? 5.51 is by itself. Don't take the Jews and Christians for friends. End of story. To tell me that this is a cherry picking. Allah wrote his book as a cherry picking. I cannot connect the verses of the Quran to make you feel good about yourself as a Muslim. Many of the verses of the Quran is jumping from A to B to C to L to Z to F to M. Literally, there's not even order. It's a chaos. We know the biblical account. We know that Adam and Eve came before Noah. And Noah was before Abraham. And Abraham before Moses. And Moses came before Elijah. We know these facts. But Muslims do not know that. Why? Because I can assure you, I open the Quran right now, and I will convince you that Noah came after Elisha. And Moses came before Noah. Because that is the order which Allah wrote in the Quran. Every time Muhammad repeats the stories, even when he lists the names, he gives them in a chaos order. There is no way you can tell me who came first. So even the Quranic stories, you do not know who came first, who came second. And the verses of the Quran are all jumping, gumbling. People tell me, Brother Usama, it is the most ridiculous book. I said, yes, indeed, I know. It's a very hard book. I can't understand. I said, I know. And I'm not going to give you $20 back, so don't even think about it. The money has already been taken to the ministry. I cannot give it back to you. So if you're going to get a copy of my Quran and you think you can understand it, you will know it better than any other English translation. First, because it's accurate. We don't have sugar coated. Uh, coating there, we don't water it down. Number two, we got bold statement. Lots of bold statements. You got over 100 pages extra material in the Quran to help you to understand the Quran. But... To figure it out, well, good luck. If you can figure it out, let me know because I'd like to learn it. Okay, let's move to point number four. If he then quotes full verses and verses before and after, then insist that the translation is wrong. It must be Usama Dakduk's falsehood. You see, that Christian guy who wrote, uh, who translated that book, he's lying. His translation is not accurate. Well, you know what? I love it. In the back of our book, if you have my book, you go to the page of references, and guess what? There, there we have one of the references which I always encourage people to download. It's called uh, clay.smith.name. www.clay, the name clay.smith, the name smith.name. That's N-A-M-E. And you can download eight English translations of the Quran. 
every verse is repeated eight times for free. Muslim allow us to have it for free. Okay, you download my book uh, as ebook. You're gonna give me ten bucks, but you can have eight for free. And then look at all the eight English translation. Guess what? They will be in many places in agreement with me and other places they're going in circles and you have common sense if you have common sense you figure out they're running away from what the quran said in arabic because if they're accurate translation why not be at least at least close to each other no four of them will say not and the other four will say without not which means they're literally you can do it or you can do it ring the bell or don't ring the bell which one are you going to do See, they, they literally lie in the translation. They take the note out, which make it make sense. But how about the other four who's, who put it with the note? Let's get to number five. Very powerful here. If he brings ten different translations, then say correct meanings can be understood only by reading the Quran in Arabic. Wow. Well, guess what? I love that excuse or that answer because then I started saying, well, well, let me read to you what Allah said in Arabic. Ya ayyuhallazina amanu, la tattakhuzu al-yahuda wa al-nasara awliya. Hum awliya ba'adun ba'ad. And then he will stop me with a smile on his face because he or she will say, well, we don't understand Arabic. So we're going to go in circle? 87% of the Muslim believers in the world today cannot read a page in the Quran. Amazingly, all the Muslims of planet Earth today pray in the Arabic language, but they have no clue what they are saying in their prayers. <laughs> Can you imagine? A man told me that this was one of the small chapters in the Quran which Muslims use in prayer every day. And he said perfectly well in the Arabic language. That was in Indonesia. And I said, oh, so you know Arabic. And he looked at me and he smiled. And he said, I said, do you know Arabic or you don't? Well, he does not know English. I have my interpreter sent next to me. I asked him, would you please ask him if he know Arabic? He said, no. He does not know Arabic, but he memorized the Quran in Arabic. And I said, does he understand what this word actually means in, in Indonesian? Yes, he said no. So why he memorized it? Because he used it in his prayer. Muslim pray five times a day in planet Earth in a language, and they have no clue what it is. They repeat the word like this bird. And my neighbor, Mr. Bell, used to have a bird. And Mr. Bell, it doesn't matter what time of the year you go and visit him. The bird only know a few words. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Happy, it was Easter. He said, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Because the bird does not understand. And then, as you're about to leave, don't forget the keys. Don't forget the keys. That is what the bird knows. That's how many Muslims in the world. 87%. That's 1 billion and 400 plus million do not have a clue what they believe in. And they pray in the Arabic language. Finally, number six. If he shows up with the hadiths and the chapters in hand and quotes the context of the violent verses by referring to hadiths of prophets' rapes, robberies, assassinations, and genocides, then insists that all hadiths and chapters are heresy and are false, and the only truth is in the Quran. It's a problem. 
when we quote the hadith, which is the saying of Muhammad to the Muslims, because the best answers they give are only Quran. I believe they call them Quranic only, Quranic Muslim only. That means they only believe in the Quran. They don't believe in the saying of Muhammad in the hadith. And the hadith have a lot of violence. I have a lot of uh, terror acts of Muhammad and uh, his early Muslim believers. They were savage people. They were literally savage. One lady wrote a book. Uh, her name her name is Umu Kurfa. You're not going to read the story in the Quran, but you find it in the Hadith. So she wrote poetry against Muhammad. He ordered his son by adoption, his name is Zaid, to tie her hands and legs to two camels and force the camel to go in opposite side and, and literally split her to two pieces alive. So when you see these things which we read in the Hadith and they're plaintiffs in, the most, oh, I don't believe in the Quran. I only believe in the, uh, I don't believe in the Hadith. I only believe in the Quran. I'm a Quranic only. The best way to end that propaganda is as the Muslims. How a Muslim become a Muslim? If I'm if I'm an American now, I'm a Christian American guy. I want to become a Muslim. How can I become a Muslim? Oh, you just say the Shahada. And what is a Shahada? You say, I bear witness that there is no God except Allah, and I bear witness that Muhammad is a messenger of Allah. Is it that's how I I can become a Muslim? Yeah. Where can we find that verse in the Quran? Well, it's not actually in the Quran. It's in the Hadith, the book which I don't believe in. Good, good. I'm glad to know that. See, you cannot be a Muslim without the book which Muslim rejected. Okay? I, I want to pray now. I I'm a Muslim now. I'm going to be a good Muslim. I say the Shahada. How many times can I pray? Oh, you only pray five times a day. Okay? Where can we find in the Quran that Muslims pray five times a day? Well, it's not actually in the Quran. It's in the Hadith. The book which you were just telling you we don't believe in. So here's the first two pillars. And I can go on and on and on. How about this? How about that? Nothing you can know about Islam. It's in the Quran. Most of it is in the Hadith. A book which they would tell you they don't believe in. And why? They say that because they simply know you're ignorant of the Quran. Because trust me, if you know the Quran and the teaching of the Quran, there are plenty of filth. There are plenty of savage teaching as I have shared with you all these verses in our study today and on uh, our previous study in the first half that the Quran is loaded with all the things which we know for sure that Islam is something to be fear of. And I'm not saying that we Christians have to live in fear. We're not supposed to live in fear. Not even from those who kill the flesh. But it is not an irrational fear, but it is a rational fear. It is an evil. And that evil exists as much as exists in the Hadith. It also exists in the Quran if you are familiar with what is in the Quran. Uh, I will cover this a little bit quickly here about what's happening in England to let you know this is coming to a city near you in America. Uh, watch this video with me. Now another town this week joined the list of shame where sex gangs have roamed seemingly unchecked to prey on girls as young as 11, raping, drugging, beating, trafficking and potentially even murdering them in the process. What's happened in Telford could be the worst case of a paedophile gang involved in widespread child abuse the country has ever seen. But as I read the names of those convicted, something struck me. In Telford, they included Azir Ali Mahmoud, Mubarak Ali, and Adel Ali. In a similar case in Rotherham, Razwan Razag, Adil Hussein, and Zafran Ramzan were among the guilty. To Rochdale now, Muhammad Amin, Abdul Aziz, and Muhammad Sajid, among others, were convicted. And now to Oxford, where it was Anjan Dogar, Kamir Jamil, and Zishan Ahmed ending up behind bars. 
Now, a very broad reckoning of the guilty shows around 80% are men of Pakistani and Bangladeshi origin. Well, a couple of observations then. Why do they appear to view white girls as objects to be traded and even disposed of? And what is their community doing about it? Nick, this is a tragedy that's been going on up and down the country. And unfortunately, the police and local councils have been complicit in covering up this scandal. Well said. Time and time again, they have found that uh, British, Pakistani and Bangladeshi South Asian Muslim men like me have been involved in grooming underage white girls and targeting them in what I would describe as racially motivated sexual assault. And for fear of racism, the local politicians for fear of losing votes and the police for fear of being sacked by those local local politicians have been hiding this situation. And of course, then it led to a national inquiry. We know that because the conclusions of the national inquiry were the same. I'm gonna to read to you something because Telford could, could well be worse than what happened in Rotherham, Rotherham and Rochdale. And yet still, despite that, we have the, uh, the superintendent for Telford and Wrecking, Tom Harding saying the following. He said that um, what I would say is sexual offending across Telford and Wrecking is virtually identically proportionate to the breakdown of society, so it's not one particular section over others. Forgive the language, the French, but this is total BS, because he's confusing two types of sexual offences. And we as Quilliam looked into this, and I'm going to come to the stats in a second. I know you've done a lot of work, and you've done a lot of broadcasting. You're, you're a real pillar in this area. I have to say, salute what you've done. Thank you. Type 1, type 1 is the grooming of underage white girls, or any girl generally is type 1 as a category, the grooming of underage girls by gangs of men. Now, in Type 1, where, is the, where, the, where the grooming gangs are involved, it was found in our research that we found, I'm going to put this up on the screen for you, that 84% of those involved in Type 1, which is gang grooming of underage girls, were, what it says there, South Asian, to be specific, they were Pakistani and Bangladeshi Muslims, right? Type 2, which is, I hate to use the phrase, ordinary paedophilia, what we normally understand by the word paedophilia, is representative of wider society. So one statistic found it was about 87% in type 2, which was paedophiles, 87% were white. Another found 100% were white. But of course, that's not surprising because the vast majority of the country is white. What's interesting is the disproportionate figure of 84% uh, hailing from my background. Why that's interesting is because roughly only 2% of the country are Pakistani and Bangladeshi Muslim men who are responsible for 84% of collective grooming of underage white girls. We cover this in depth in our presentation, Revealing the Truth About Sharia, which is Islamic law. And uh, But what we have here is very simple. What, the problem we have in England is the same problem we have in every other European country. It's the same problem we have in America or Canada, that uh, political correctness, which is a destruction of the West. The police cannot speak about it openly. The media will not talk about it openly. The politicians will not talk about it openly, but they all cover it up. Because nobody want to get hurt. When we say 2%, this, by the way, that gentleman, his name is Majid Nawaz. He's a Muslim Pakistani. And because of that video, which you, you have heard right now, the Southern Poverty Law Center, SPLC, have called him a hate speaker. Same list. They bought him the same list where I am in for years now. He's a smart guy. He have money. He sued them. And he got $3.6 million. And... They have wrote him an apology available online. I was going to put it, but there's no place for it here. They actually wrote him an apology to apologize for him. But what he said is very simple. It's a fact. These are statistics. 
It's not something you claim in the air. First of all, if you live in England and in his position, you don't claim anything not true about Islam because they will kill you for it. As a matter of fact, he will be killed just for saying that what he have said here. 2% of the Muslim Pakistani and Bangladeshi who live in England are responsible for 84% of the rapes in England. You go to the courts, get the names of the victims, get the names of the one who victimized him, and count, where are you from? If he's from Egypt, they're not going to go to Pakistan. He's a Pakistani guy. They, the, the liberal media will not call them Pakistani Muslim or Bangladesh. They call them South Asia, Southeast Asia. Like the guy was black, so why he's African? No, you have to tell me exactly where it's for Africa and have nothing to do with Africa. The problem has something to do with Muslim African, Muslim Asian, Muslim Chinese, Muslim American. They take the Muslim out because of political correctness. Why we have this problem? Because these people in Pakistan are just bad dudes. No. Because they're Muslims. Even Majid Nawaz did not have the guts to speak the truth about why we have this problem. The problem is rooted in the Quran. The problem is rooted in the Hadith, the saying of Muhammad. The problem rooted in the Sunnah, how Muhammad lived. If that is a lifestyle which Muhammad taught every Muslim to do, and they are practicing it today in England, why are we shocked? And it is coming to a city near us in America, 25, 30 years from now. Let me see the proof of that. Here is his own word, uh, her own word, Aisha, Muhammad's favorite wife. Aisha said, The Prophet, Allah's prayer and peace be upon him, married me when I was six years old, and he had sex with me when I was nine years old. That is the reality of Muhammad, the best model for Muslims to follow. Allah said he is the noblest example for the whole world to follow. Muhammad, whom we call in America the prophet of Islam, the prophet Muhammad, this is the prophet Muhammad. That watch Fox News, watch CNN, read your own children's textbooks. They will never mention Muhammad without the title, the prophet of Islam. And then they add peace be upon him, or peace and prayer be upon him, as Muslim puts in Arabic. Muhammad was a child molester. He was a pedophilia. Therefore, Muslims who follow his sunnah are child molesters. They are pedophilia. With their own children. A Muslim man will give his own daughter to, a, to another man as a wife. And he will be involved with her sexually between the age of 8 and 9. Not culture. That is sunnah. That is Islam. Why don't they rape your own daughters when they are 8 or 9? It is a norm. In Islam, for a man to give his own daughter to some guy to sleep with as a husband and wife when she's eight years old. You think if they do it to their own children, they're going to really care so much about your own daughters? That's why that rape rate is skyrocketed by Muslim pedophilia. And that's not only the Hadith, it is also in the Quran. Quran chapter 65 and verse 4. Allah said, and for those of your women who despair of menstruation, if you doubt that they may be pregnant, their prescribed waiting time is three months, as well as for those who have not yet begun menstruation. In Islam, I studied this in Sharia in college in Egypt. In Islam, they teach if a man divorced his wife and she is in her late 40s, and you may think maybe she's pregnant, maybe she's not, and you divorced her. Allah said, don't worry about it. If you're doubting if they're pregnant or not, she will not be able to get married for three months. In case she is, if her belly got big and you know she's pregnant, that's your baby. After this, she can get married. 
as well as for those who have not yet begun menstruation, little children. If a man is married to a little girl, the eight years old, the nine years old, and he divorced her uh, before she get abused by another husband, she have to wait three months in case she is pregnant by her first husband. So it is Quran. Before period, yes, before period. Eight, nine, ten, it doesn't matter. We follow the son of Muhammad. And the son of Muhammad is to be a better file. M6.7. It is not lawful or valid for a Muslim man to be married to any woman who is not either a Muslim, Christian, or Jew. Nor is it lawful or valid for a Muslim woman to be married to anyone besides a Muslim. I will close with this. Muslim in America try to tell you that I do not teach the truth about Islam and I'm Islamophobic because I'm telling you that Muslims hate us. They hate the Jews and they hate the Christians. And in that uh, church I spoke in, in Ohio, Cleveland, Ohio. No, not Cleveland, Ohio. I can't even remember the name of the city. In Ohio. <laughs> the three imams came to the meeting and they complained to the pastor of the church about having me in his church. And it worked. Because they complain and make some, you know, promotions. They make some noises. That church never had me back again. That was a good 10 years ago. And their argument with me is, I'm not telling the truth. I'm lying. He said, we love the Jewish people. We love the Christian people. My wife, she is a good Catholic lady. I said, you marry? The Muslim imam, I said, you marry a Catholic sister. He said, yes. You see, he didn't even know that it is lawful for us to marry Christians, to marry, to marry Jews. And we love our wives and we love our children whom we have with our wives. I said, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. I said, sir, are you a citizen yet? And he was quiet. I said, sir, do you understand my question? Are you, are you a citizen of the United States? I know you are from Pakistan. And you're a good Muslim man from Pakistan. Are you a citizen yet? He said, have nothing to do with citizenship. I said, but you're not citizen yet. And I said, okay, can I marry your sister? Can I marry your daughter? Can I marry a Muslim female? And he was quiet. I said, can you answer my question? He said, no, you can't. I said, so it's not love. So Brother Charlie, if it's love, you marry my daughter and I marry your daughter. You marry my sister, I marry your sister. You marry a Christian lady and I marry a Muslim lady. No, it's about invasion. So don't even believe these lies that we're not telling you the truth about Islam and we're Islamophobic because we're telling you lies and Muslim loves the Jews and Muslim loves the... No, they are invading the Jews. They're invading the Christian by marrying them and have Muslim babies. And a Muslim young lady in America to marry to a Christian or a Jewish man, the family will not celebrate the wedding, but they will kill her. And that is known by what? Honor killing. And honor killing is Islam. We prove this in depth in our study of revealing the truth about Sharia Islamic law. My friends, the more we know about Islam, the more we will protect ourselves from that savage cult. I wish I have time to go a little bit more here to show you what's happening in Europe with Muslims terrorizing the Europeans. Not only raping the little children, but actually raping women. 20%, that's one out of five in England, women, grown-up women, are raped by Muslim men. And that number will continue to grow as Muslims continue to grow in Europe because that is Islam. It is not, I'm not talking about this little bit water in a small uh, 
popple in front of your church building here, and I'm told there's a big alligator. No, there are big alligators, and it's a big swamp, the swamp of Islam. The more we know about Islam, the more we should fear, not the fear of trouble, but fear of the future, fear to be careful, like you're driving a car. I said it again, I said it before, and I repeat it again. If you have a son, 17 years old, or, or, or 18 years old, and he's learning how to drive a car, and he have no fear, that's dangerous. We're playing with fire in America by allowing the Muslims to come in America, and we are not knowing, we do not know too much about Muslims and what they believe in America, and we just give them America, and we give them our children to educate kids in our public schools, and we give them our children in our colleges to teach them about these great courses of Islam, and boy, oh boy, it's all deception, it's all lies. If the American people will not study the truth about Islam, they will be taken out by the Muslims. And I, I feel deep, deep in my heart, that is what's coming to America. I hope and I pray that that small portion of our study for this presentation will open the eyes of you, our dear friends who are watching that, or for you who are here tonight. And I hope and I pray that you share it with others, because once again, Hosea 4, 6 said what? My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. The more we know, the better we are to protect ourselves from destruction, and the more we know, the better we are to be equipped to share the truth of the gospel with our dear Muslim friends before they fall into this savage cult, the cult of Islam. Let's pray. And Father God, we give thanks to you for you are an awesome God. And there is none like you. You loved the whole world and you sent your son to die on the cross for the sin of the whole world. You loved the Muslims as much as you loved us, those who believe in you as Lord and Savior. And you give us the command to go to the end of the world. The world which you have died for on the cross. To let them know about your love, your grace, and your mercy. Help us, Lord Jesus, to be faithful to your command. To fulfill the great commission. To love our Muslim neighbors as ourselves. To, to love the lost Muslim around the world by sharing the truth of the gospel with them. That they may come. To know you as Lord and Savior. Because otherwise, I believe they will be used by you to discipline the church in America and around the world. May we be found faithful and we may be found uh, those to carry the salt and the light which you have ordered us to be to the lost people all over the world. Not just the Muslims, but others who do not know you as Lord and Savior. We're about to leave this house, but from your loving face and wonderful grace, may we never leave and it's in Christ's name alone we pray. Amen. Thank you, Brother Rosala. Thank you. Okay, we'll say goodbye to the folks online. Everybody there, have a wonderful week, and we hope to see you here Sunday. Take good care. Very sobering. <sighs> How come it is when you speak, it's always quiet when you're done? No. I mean, it's just, you got a lot to reflect on, you know, and it's scary. As you said, it's scary. It's